from the studios of Farm Journal Broadcast. This is Ag Day. Driven by Dairy, how one top producer finalist is taking their business to a whole new level. Their families to us. The links some people are going to right now to get a deal on eggs. As natural gas prices sink to lows not seen in months. We've had unseasonably warm weather in Europe, and now Europe's sitting with really full stockpiles. The latest on what's behind the dramatic drop right now on Ag Day. Good morning, I'm Clinton Griffiths. With war raging in Ukraine and supply issues, many thought natural gas prices would remain high this winter. But in the past month, prices plummeted 50% before gaining back some ground. Now take a look at this chart for the February contract that's up on AgWeb. You can see prices moving from 517 per million British thermal unit to around 325. AgDay's Michelle Rook joins us with more on what's behind that big drop. Clinton U.S. natural gas prices are trying to recover after hitting their lowest level since June 2021 last week. The reason behind the implosion in the market is partially due to soaring domestic production and high storage levels. Now, the markets and traders were betting on high demand in Europe, with their prices $30 to $40 per MMBTU higher than the U.S. However, that did not materialize and took the air out of the market. The trouble in natural gas for in the U.S. anyway really started with the Freeport uh, LNG plant going down, reducing uh, almost 2 billion cubic feet per day of uh, natural gas that was going to be liquefied anyway. But the, the real kicker was uh, in December and January here, we've had unseasonably warm weather in Europe, and now Europe's sitting with really full stockpiles. That has resulted in U.S. cargoes booked for Europe being canceled. Add on top of that, the recent pullback in the U.S. dollar, which has also depressed prices. Now, Wenzel's has funds also pressured LNG prices going short nearly 90,000 contracts. The market did rebound on Monday, and Wenzel thinks it is a good time for end users to line up some of their supply if they can, especially farmers. One of the things that uh, a farmer will run into is, you know, drying contracts. Some of those might not be set. Um, but for, for your larger end users who, who can look at, you know, getting some deals on natural gas, there's definitely pricing here that hasn't been there for over a year. So uh, we would want people to take a look at it. One of the end users that may be buying natural gas at these lower levels is fertilizer producers. And so the hope is that that will make products cheaper this spring on the fertilizer side. Natural gas futures rebounded on Monday in anticipation of higher heating demand due to forecast for a cold spell. However, the Energy Information Administration says natural gas supplies are expected to grow more than 2% this year to a record daily average of 100.3 billion cubic feet. So hopefully that will keep prices at moderate levels in 2023. But colder weather is returning for parts of the country as a strong storm is starting its trek from coast to coast. Meteorologist Andrew Whitmire joins us with the latest. And this next system, again, will bring multiple different impacts to different parts of the U.S. We start off with a severe weather risk here for parts of the deep south. We're talking southern Louisiana, southern Mississippi, as well as a southern Alabama. Looking at, again, the potential here for several severe storms. Let's go ahead and zoom on in on this map where again we are going to be watching a high tornado threat that developing here into that red shaded area and that's also going to take into account as well as damaging wind gusts, flooding rains and small hail. Now as we head on into Wednesday, 
This front will work its way eastward and we're going to be watching the Carolinas here very closely as well as the southern half of Georgia for a potential round of active weather as well concerning severe weather. It's all thanks to this low pressure system that continues to dig out of the four corners Texas Panhandle that'll begin to work its way eastward here and again on the southern side of this low we're going to have to watch out for flooding rains and severe weather. The northern side we're going to watch out for deep pockets of heavy wet snow and that's going to work its way up along the New England coastline here as we round out this weekend right before we head into the last weekend of January. Let's check out that snowfall here as we go throughout at least Thursday here with this system. Little those purples there. That's an indication of three to six inches of snow with those darker purples. That's an indication of six plus inches of snow. And it looks like a big meeting at North Platte, Nebraska. The Coleman Ranch sharing this picture of some of its Herefords gathering presumably to discuss all the snow. The area seeing a massive amount of snow a few days ago with North Platte close to breaking a single daily record for snowfall. Some places seeing more than 12 inches of snow. I'll more on your Ag Day forecast in just a few. We had record ag exports to China in fiscal year 2022, but the U.S. share of soybean exports continues to sputter. China is the world's largest soybean importer. For the U.S., beans account for nearly half of all ag exports to China. In 2022, the country imported 29 million metric tons. That's down 10% from the previous year. Brazilian shipments also fell to 54.4 million metric tons. However, Brazil still has a 60% share of the Chinese soybean market. A new report from USDA shows the nation's cattle herd is continuing to shrink. The monthly cattle on feed report shows 11.7 million head at feedlots as of January 1st. That's down 3%. Placements for December totaling 1.8 million head, down 8% from 2021. And marketings, they came in at 1.74 million head, down 6%. Experts say expect cattle numbers to continue to drop and prices to continue to rise. This market should be strong. I mean, yeah, yes, the report met expectations, but the expectation was bullish. So um, you got to like that market. Dooling says cash buyers in the Northwest are trying to secure cattle supplies out four to six months due to the concerns about those tight supplies ahead. Flip Your Soil on Ag Day is brought to you by ESN Smart Nitrogen. Farmers are looking for ways to lower their input costs this year and at the same time achieve those high yields. Now, one way to do that is by flipping your soil. Soil health expert Dr. Ray Ward owns Ward Laboratories in Kearney, Nebraska. He says farmers that want to improve the soil health on their farm need to start by implementing conservation practices that promote minimal disturbances of the soil. So if you keep the ground covered, then that protects the soil from that raindrop. So that's the first step. And then, then we want minimum disturbance in planting, so we and make sure they're just a slice in the ground, so to speak. You know, the seeds are about this big, and you don't need to do all that tillage just to, to get that in. And then, then over time, then we start thinking about, well, the rotation, we got to have more than corn and soybeans in a rotation. we got to think of other crops that, that we can grow. Now, Ward says if producers are using small grains in their rotation, that also allows them to more easily add a cover crop. If you're growing like a, a wheat or a, a barley or oats, now we've got time to have a cover crop after that, which really improves the soil health or that microbial activity in the soil. This also sequesters carbon, which lowers the amount of synthetic fertilizer farmers need to use, plus 
covering the soil helps control weeds and lower herbicide use. Rain in South America is adding pressure to grain markets on Monday. Michelle Rook joins us again next to discuss. And later, this family dairy operation is using innovation and employee retention to continue its growth. See why they're a finalist for top producer of the year in the country. Corn futures followed soybeans on a downward slide Monday after beneficial rains fell in Argentina. Michelle Rook is back with a closer look at the numbers from this morning's markets now. Market closes were mostly lower on Monday with the exception of cattle futures. Dwayne Bussey with Bolt Marketing is joining us in grain setting back, but corn and soybeans look like we were still trying to remove more Argentina weather premium. How much more do you think we need to remove or has that market overreacted? No, I sadly, I'm afraid. I think we got a little bit further to go. When I look at soybeans for March, I think about on that 1465 is where we could find our first support at after breaking some of the re, uh, support we did today and last week too, reversing after the bullishness after the U.S. report. We probably got some more downside to go. And maybe it's not because the Argentina crop is necessarily saved. Maybe it's just the fact that we just don't have a lot of bullish news right now to pull this market higher. So the bears are just in control, Michelle. Yeah, and so soybeans closing below $15, but soybean meal looked like more of a bearish play. I mean, we had a outside lower weekly reversal last week and then followed through today. So how much does that concern you? Oh, it concerns me, obviously. Yeah, it's, it's not a good technical picture, but I like the way it closed on Monday. Yeah, it was still red, but well off the lows. I wouldn't doubt that soybean meal market still finds support pretty good because Argentina is going to still struggle to make a lot of soybean meal out there. A lot of this crop has had some irreversible damage done. Yeah. And corn, did we do chart damage there or not, Dwayne? It, yeah, a, a little bit for sure. I mean, it's not the best, but we're still holding some of the moving day averages. Um, I look for corn to find support first. The second week can actually hold it together a little bit. Corn looked strong last week to me. No doubt. So did the wheat market just follow corn and soybeans? I know there is some precip chances in HRW areas. Yeah, there is. I know it's hard for me to say that wheat followed soybeans, but I think they did. The reason I say it's hard for me to say that wheat followed soybeans is they were down more than soybeans. Yeah. So that's the leader, right? But wheat right now is so easy for those funds to sell, Michelle, and, and they've been selling it hard. They're short of like 65,000 contracts. They just keep wanting to sell wheat versus being long corn or soybeans on a spec side or a yeah, spread that, side. That's certainly hard to believe. Cattle market, uh, the only place we were higher cattle on feed was friendly, but is it enough to keep yeah. the momentum going unless we get higher cash. I, I think we'll need higher cash eventually, but I do think we'll get there, Michelle. Cash was sharply lower last week, and I think we can rebound now. Remember, our inventory is still pretty low. All right, thanks for joining us. Dwayne Bussey with Bolt Marketing and more Ag Days coming up. For marketing advice, call Bolt Marketing, a futures and options brokerage firm. Ag Day is brought to you by Germinator Closing Wheels. Germinator Closing Wheels provide quicker emergence and are more consistent in dry conditions than any other closing wheels. Order 12 to 16 rows today and qualify for free shipping or 20% off an end zone moisture management package. Meteorologist Andrew Whitmire joining us here, taking a look at our national forecast. And Andrew, as we look at this system, boy, this is a pretty good size and it's going to be snow on the top and rain on the bottom. Yeah, we're going to have to watch again the deep south for pockets of severe weather with the system. Meanwhile, on the north side, pockets of heavy snow. We could be looking at narrow swaths of over a half foot or more of snow with this system.
And we're going to continue to watch this system moving its way off towards the east here as we go throughout the latter half of this week. But again, it is going to cause uh, severe weather, especially a high tornado risk here for the southern half here of the extreme deep south. We're talking southern Louisiana as well as southern Mississippi and southern Alabama here are going to be under the threat here for an active period later on Tuesday lingering even on into Tuesday night. And as we head on into Wednesday, we're going to see some of that active weather with that cold front moving its way eastward up into the Carolinas. The eastern half of Georgia here as well is going to have to watch out for pockets of strong to severe weather, even a few isolated tornadoes, damaging wind with that system. And again, on the northern side, there's going to be a lot of snow with this system as well. And for many locations, it's going to be the first big snowfall here or even the first really snowfall of this new year and throughout the month of January. Notice these purples here. That's where anywhere from three to six inches of snow will likely fall in these deeper purples. That's where we could be looking at over six inches of snowfall with that system. And walking through the precipitation estimates here again, we're going to be watching some areas here in the deep south picking upwards of around two to four inches of water. Walking through the jet stream, we'll be watching kind of this deep trough and trying to build off to the south here, and that's what's going to help again ushering in that severe weather off towards the deep south. Meanwhile, again, cold air will kind of funnel on in here for parts of the Great Lakes states as well as the northern half of the US. Meanwhile, staying quiet out along the western coastline. Here's a look at temperatures this afternoon. We're looking at highs mainly to those 30s and 40s across much of the US. Watch that cold front though as it begins to work its way through tomorrow morning, even on into tomorrow afternoon. Uh, you can kind of see that uh, taking shape there from Memphis at 44 to Atlanta 62 degrees. Check out Florida though. That's where the summer weather is 81 in Jacksonville to 86 down into Miami. That's a look around the country. Now let's take a look at your Ag Day select cities. Going over to Virginia, snow showers and breezy high 28 degrees going over to Bush, Louisiana. Severe weather likely late in the day, high 68 degrees and going over to Miller, South Dakota, sun and clouds. Ag Day is brought to you by Golden Harvest. Broad adaptability, high yield potential, solid agronomics, great late season health. The foundations of a successful season start with Golden Harvest Game Changing Corn. Find your hybrid at GameChangingCorn.com. We don't have to tell you farming can be a stressful occupation, and in some cases, farmer mental health needs are underserved. In the latest Dairy Defined podcast from the National Milk Producers Federation, Wisconsin dairy farmer Randy Rucker discusses the Farmer Angel Network. Now, it's a Wisconsin-based organization that he helped found that specifically supports farmers' mental health needs. Now, Randy speaks openly about the struggles he faced with depression after the recession hit back in 2008, sitting milk prices down. A lot of farmers are very isolated and they don't get off the farm very much. And this leads to kind of getting stuck in the same rut over and over again. And everybody needs a break from the farm. If it's just to go out with friends or get away with the family, but we all need that time off. And I think that's what's leading to a lot of this is just the isolation and you know hard work all the time and you just never get a break. Randy says the goal of the Farmer Angel Network is to make farmers feel that it's okay to talk about their mental health struggles and for farmers to just be there for each other. You know, prices are high when smugglers are now trying to bring eggs into the country illegally. 
According to border officials, there's been an increase in the number of eggs intercepted at the border, like these recently confiscated at Paso del Norte Bridge in El Paso. They attribute the rise in smuggling attempts from Mexico to the higher cost of eggs here at home. Now, egg prices are up nearly 60% here compared to a year ago due to the impacts of avian influenza. Running a profitable dairy takes attention to detail. Up next, we'll meet a South Dakota family pursuing perfection and the title of Top Producer of the Year. Their story, next. The Ag Innovation Forum will bring new technology, knowledge, and opportunity to agriculture on February 8th at the downtown Marriott in Kansas City. Register today at agbizkc.com forward slash upcoming dash events. In the Country on Ag Day is brought to you by Pivot Bio. What if you had the nitrogen you need already on seed? Pivot Bio is the first company to apply nitrogen on seed. The nitrogen you need, now on seed from Pivot Bio. Learn more at pivotbio.com. This week, we're profiling our three finalists for Top Producer of the Year, the award given out annually at Top Producer Summit. Well, today, our second finalist hails from South Dakota, where this family dairy embraces a tradition of quality, hard work, and faith. The work never stops at Modak Dairy in Goodwin, South Dakota, each day, a reflection of a rich history that dates back to 1894. Carried now by four generations, including today's owners, Jim and Greg Mose. When we were first started out, we had 30 cows in a tie stall barn. From there, Modak grew first to 300 head and then expanded into the current facility built in 2008. We increased at that time to 2,000 cows. Uh, since then, uh, since 2008, we uh, expanded into a uh, heifer facility. They pride themselves on producing high quality milk with a total milk solid content of 8.6% used for cheese manufacturing. Greg's brother Jim oversees crop production, which provides nearly all of the feed for the operation. It was around that 4,000 acres we farm, and around 1,800 is, is uh, corn, and then we run about uh, 11, 1,200 of alfalfa. Crops are produced sustainably using GPS and prescription farm data. The dairy recycles their liquid manure and injects it into the soil to cut input costs. We don't buy a lot of commercial fertilizer, and we'll see it. We spend $50,000 a year on commercial fertilizer. The rest is all, is through, goes through the cattle and comes about, back out as a as a byproduct for a good product for the land. They also plant cover crops to improve soil health and provide additional feed for younger stock. The fifth generation is represented by Greg and Julie's son, Jacob. He manages a first-in-the-nation calf and heifer facility that they built back in 2021, which condensed 17 production sites into one location. Modak has continued to innovate through their company structure and enterprising in each area. But Moe's gives the real credit for their success to their people. 40-some families is what I like to say. They're families to us. We have people that are husbands and wives, kids, daughters, uncles and aunts. They're all working here somewhere on this operation. We have vendors that are on here. Even our hoof trimmers are on here, our breeders. Um, there's, there's employees that have been here almost 40 years on this board, and that's, there's something to be said about that too. It's, you try and take care of them and, and give them the lifestyle that we have. A big part 
of Modax Legacy, provide agricultural growth for the community and opportunities for their family as the sixth generation prepares to walk in their footsteps. Congratulations to Modak Dairy, a finalist for the 2023 Top Producer of the Year. We'll have our third finalist from Mississippi, including announcing the winner tomorrow on Ag Day. And if you'd like to watch the ceremony live tonight, make sure to check out Ag Day's Facebook page. And that's all the time we have this morning. I'm sure glad you tuned in from all of us here at Ag Day. I'm Clinton Griffiths. Have a great day.